Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. And what's up? Welcome in GC Live here, Thursday episode of the show. I'm West Metro alongside Colin Taylor. Whether you are watching this live now as we record, or maybe you're listening to it later on, um, Lamont Paris' first press conference as South Carolina men's basketball coach will be at 5 o'clock, so either get ready for that later on, or depending on when you're listening, maybe it's already available. I'm sure it's on GamecockCentral.com and on YouTube, but Colin Taylor here. Again, Colin, uh, Lamont Paris officially this afternoon named South Carolina's 33rd men's basketball coach in school history. Uh, Before I do the spiel, before I get into presenting sponsors, before I get into all that, um, I'm going to give you the floor, man. I know you listened to the BOT meeting uh, earlier today. I know you had the article ready to go. Um, your initial thoughts on South Carolina's hire and just sort of being able to now like move forward and start to kind of put the search uh, b- behind them, which I'm sure is something Gamecock fans and everyone involved uh, is ready to do. Yeah, I mean, first initial reaction is I need a nap. <laughs> That's kind of where we are. I mean, yeah, it's the search is over. Lamont Paris is your next head coach. Comes by way of UT Chattanooga, um, where he, from everything I understand, he had two really bad first years where they won, I think, 22 combined games in their first two years. And um, Paris had a lot, when he took that job, he had a lot of players transfer. Um, he essentially had to, he had the, one of the youngest 
rosters in Division One men's college basketball um, that year in his first year there. And um, I think his athletic director might have left or taken another job a month onto it. So he slowly built it back up. Uh, they won over 60 games in the last three years there. Obviously, a longtime assistant at Wisconsin has been multiple Sweet 16s as an assistant, two Final Fours, and uh, a national championship game. They were the, He was a part of the staff that beat that undefeated Kentucky team uh, in the Final Four. Um, received a lot of really good a lot of praise from the Greg guards, the Bo Ryan's, the Sam Deckers, uh, as he got hired, um, South Carolina put that out. So um, seems really well-respected in the coaching field. Obviously this search um, had a lot of twists and turns to it, but it's over. And now it's a matter of South Carolina fans getting behind Lamont Paris and uh, really supporting the program. Um, given the fact that this is the guy that the board of trustees and Ray Tanner picked out and the administration picked out to lead the program. And um, they think he can do it. They think he can really be successful in the transfer portal, uh, which is a big thing in today's college basketball landscape. And um, the next few weeks are really, really important to him and his tenure here. No doubt, man. As always, this show brought to you by our good buddy, Clint Hammond, 803-771-6933 is how you can get in touch with Clint. Mortgage rates are going up. So if you're in the market thinking about maybe getting a new house, uh, go ahead and give Clint a shout and uh, figure out how he can make that happen for you. NMLS number 71597. C. Hammond at mortgagenetwork.com is always the way that you can email Clint. So, Colin, you know, I, I, I've I've long thought, uh, you know, this, this fan base at, at South Carolina, uh, and, and I'm talking in general, not just like men's basketball fans, but just the, the greater um, Gamecock fan base. Very passionate, obviously. We, we know that. Um, yeah. You and I probably maybe wouldn't have the jobs we have if, if not for uh, the passion of South Carolina's fans. That is never lost on me. Um, you know, with the it, it, this has always been a thing since like message boards became a thing. But I, I think the the ability for fans to give their opinions and to sort of uh, have their voice be heard has become an even even greater thing uh, with the advent of of Twitter, basically, and and you know, Facebook maybe to a lesser extent, but it seems like your sports fans gather on Twitter. And, um, you know, I will say this, regardless of the reactions to the coaching search and the reactions to, um, you know, Paris being the guy after fans hearing this name and this name and this name, I do, I think, first of all, I agree with everybody who has said, look, if you're a fan out there, and I'm not even saying this to sell anyone on the hire, but if you're a fan, it's completely counterproductive at this point not to support the guy. Um, So get that out of the way. But I do think you're already seeing the majority of the fan base, um, just the reaction I've seen on Twitter, the reaction in our chat right here. um, I, I think now that it is official, most of the fans we'll start to sort of get behind it. Now, th- that doesn't mean, you know, if they have a bad season, it doesn't mean if they start off on a rocky path, the transfer portal gets just hammered with South Carolina guys leaving. There will be people who obviously will have things to say about that. But I think right now, as we sit, day one, he has been announced. Most of the reaction I've seen, Colin, has been pretty positive. The negativity has been more towards P. 
people involved in the search as opposed to Lamont Paris himself? Yeah, I think you can certainly have qualms and concerns about how the search played out and how public everything was. But at the end of the day, that shouldn't fall on Lamont Paris. I mean, at, at the end of the day, Lamont Paris is a guy that did his time, built a good program that won 65 or 66 games, whatever the official number is, in three seasons to end his tenure at UTC. Took him to a regular season title, uh, and I guess it would be the SoCon. Won the SoCon tournament, um, almost beat Illinois in the NCAA tournament, and coached the league's player of the year in Malachi, um, I think Malachi Wilson or Malachi uh, Smith. It's been a very, very long day. Um, but Malachi Smith, I think. Malachi Smith, yeah. Um, but he had some success there, and, and Lamont is a guy that is ready to take the next step. And I don't think anyone should fault Lamont Paris for trying to take the next step, get to a high major job, um, and coach in the SEC. I think the qualms are there with the search. Um, I think that's understandable from the fan base. But at the end of the day, um, it's coaching searches or crapshoots. I thought Chris Mack was going to be great at Louisville. I thought Tom Crean was going to be great at Georgia. I did not think Nate Oates was going to be good at Alabama. So I could sit here and talk all the time about, you know, it's a bad hire on day one or it's a great hire on day one. But the truth is we really don't know. And uh, the staff's going to be important as it is with everything. And as long as he can get talent, which has been the struggle at South Carolina consistently over the last half decade to get consistent, deep, talented teams. um, If he can get those, then he has a chance to compete in the SEC. Yeah. And I I think, um, you know, as you said, to your point, man, I mean, I I remember, and, and, you know, I think in terms of football, but just if I think back at the hires trying to remember, well, that hire was made and whether I thought it was going to be a great hire or I was kind of blah on a hire, um, it's probably 50-50 on when I was right or when I was wrong. Like, every, you know, every, I, I thought I thought when Virginia Tech hired Justin Fuente, I was like, that's a perfect fit. That's a guy who's an up-and-comer, um, does, does more with less. That's kind of the VTEC's MO over the years. Perfect fit. And then, um, you know, South Carolina and VTech or once again, we're hiring coaches at pretty much the same timeline. Like they, they right. both were hiring coaches when South Carolina hired Muschamp. Then they both were hiring coaches around the same timeline this time as well. So it, um, you just don't know. And I, I think with South Carolina, you have, it's this mix of things. First of all, in every coaching search, there's always that big name. Most coaching searches, there's that big name that pops up early on, right? And fans allow themselves to dream. And with this one, it was obviously Sean Miller. So I I think that kind of hurts the perception of it just in that fans, rightfully so, they got excited. Then you start to look at the other names and, um, you know, the fact, uh, and I don't want to make this show all about that, but, um, you know, other names pop up, but then gradually B.J. Mackey's name becomes more and more where people are saying maybe he has a shot at this. And I think that in a sense, hopefully not, but it probably will affect some relations in the community, in the basketball community. And I'm talking locally Midlands state of South Carolina um, because I think there was a little bit of, okay, our guy might, might get this job. Um, It's going to be, you know, I've seen some of the stuff you've written, Colin. I've seen some of the stuff Jamie Shaw has written, sort of looking at the first orders of business. Um, somewhere within that top five, 
has got to be to start to build those relationships in the community and let people start to get a feel for what you're all about. Can they trust you? Are you a guy they can get behind? Uh, because, Colin, I'll, I'll go back. When Darren Horn got here, you know, Frank Martin was a big name. That was a huge name hire. I look at big name hires being a little bit different than hires where guys have to come in and establish what they're all about, which is kind of the way I put mid-major hires. Darren Horn comes in, by all indications, never really let anyone in, never really connected with the community here in the state of South Carolina and certainly not in the Midlands. So for me, Lamont Paris, there's a there's a, a nice little list of things you got to do. It's going to be a busy couple months, I'm sure, but that's got to be somewhat near the top of the list, Colin. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it's on a little bit different scale, but I kind of equate it to um, the Arizona hire last offseason when they, ironically enough, moved on from Sean Miller. Um, a lot of the former players wanted a former Arizona Wildcat to take over. They wanted their guy in there. And um, obviously, uh, went with Tommy Lloyd, a Gonzaga assistant, and he had to spend a lot of time uh, re- not rebuilding, but ingratiating himself into the community. There's your Scrabble word for the day, uh, ingratiating himself into the community. He had to spend a lot of time building up a relationship with those former players who were very vocal about wanting somebody else as the head coach. And I think Lamont Paris is going to do that. He understands what basketball is like at a high major institution. Heck, he spent seven or eight years at Wisconsin um, where basketball is a, a massive deal there. So I don't think that that'll be, I mean, obviously he has to sit down with the people, but I think he understands that he has to reach out to these alumni and to these letter um, lettermen and to some of the former players that were advocating for Mackey. Uh, but I think he can do it. I think he understands that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he manages the first few weeks on the job, because I mean, we were on the same campus as, as Shane Beamer. Um, we cover him, who's been fantastic in terms of marketing his program. Don Staley's obviously great in terms of marketing that. And I think if he listens to some advice from them and, and continues forward in how to build a program, which he's done at UTC, um, he can have success. Yeah, and, and speaking of marketing the program, Colin, if if you're him, are you, are you finally giving in and – creating a Twitter account. Like I, I got to imagine that's been, um, I, I don't know, just a personal decision of I, I'm not, I'm not going that direction. But when, when you, you mentioned Dawn Staley, you mentioned Shane Beamer, how much of what they do um, and marketing to fans and connecting with the fan base, um, especially your younger part of the fan base has evolved around having a, a Twitter personality, you know, a Twitter brand. And I think we as sports media people, Colin, uh, and I'm talking about the collective, we do sometimes get caught up in thinking Twitter is like real life, you know, and we forget there are lots and lots and lots and lots of people that aren't posting on there that aren't, you know, the actual, if you look at the actual percentages, I don't know what it is anymore, but um, the majority of your fan base may not be on there, but still it, it, some of your most passionate fans are on there and it has become a great way to build like I said a brand but also I feel like to build a unique personality Don Staley's personality comes across on Twitter Shane Beamer's excitement with all of his exclamation points and his even his his space exclamation point on Twitter like that's that's 
that's a patented Beamer tweet, you know, like, um, that's, so, that's how coaches like text too. Like they put, I mean, you text coaches too, but they like yeah. put the, the punctuation between, have you noticed that? They, yeah, like, yeah. And I, I actually find myself sometimes copying it and doing it. And I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, um, sometimes if you text them. No. Yeah. But it's like, to, to me, I, I'm sure there's, he's probably going to be asked. Um, yeah. So by the time y'all hear this, he may have already answered this, but um, Colin, I, I got it. You got to make one. And the fact he being South Carolina's men's basketball coach, he will be able to grow it relatively quickly. It's not like, well, I'm so far behind, you know, I'm not going to be able to grow the thing. The athletic department can help him push to grow the thing. But yeah. I, as much as I hate to say it, I really feel like you almost have to be on Twitter in this age if you're going to build a brand at South Carolina. If you're not, Sean Miller apparently didn't have a Twitter, didn't know that, but he was a big enough name already in his own right and previously was at an institution that was just winning. Like they were getting five star guys anyway. At South Carolina, you have to fight and claw for every big time player you get, in my opinion. No, I agree. And I think that, I mean, his assistants will have Twitter accounts. So I don't think that's as big of an issue too, but certainly you would think that connecting with the fan base and the fan base seeing you, not just as South Carolina's basketball coach, but a person in the community, a person who can engage with people on Twitter, on social media will certainly help his case. Um, I think that's a big thing. And I think winning helps. I mean, Shane Beamer obviously won late in year one, Don Staley's. I mean, I don't, (laughs) <laughs> she wins all the time. So I think that that helps. Um, but the more you can have a connection with the fan base, I think that that certainly is something that will benefit him. And I think that if you're South Carolina's administration, you strongly encourage uh, him to get a Twitter account. And if he doesn't, it's not the end of the world, but I think that that would help him from an engagement standpoint, connect with the community. So um, let, let's talk about, a possible positive of this move on the recruiting side, Colin. And I, I do think as time progressed, we did see Frank Martin adjust his approach in recruiting a little bit. Um, and, and I mean, in terms of timeliness of getting in on guys, um, it did feel like to me for a stretch that Martin wanted to take it, you know, in, in his approach was let's take the extra amount of time to do the extra evaluation like I just, I feel like I remember uh, before this little recent run, which I, I think South Carolina was actually about to be on an upswing potentially yeah. in recruiting under Martin. So I don't want to just kind of gloss over that, but it seemed like you know e- even with guys like Zion Williamson, um, you know, you kind of hear other schools hopped in earlier than South Carolina, and and Martin had a very unique um, recruiting style, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, as a head coach. When you look at Lamont Paris, what he did at Wisconsin, helping put together some of those classes as an assistant, I am curious to see um, what will it look like with a guy who will obviously have access to talent in the state of South Carolina. This state has talent. It is it is not a fluke when – I mean, you can look back the last decade plus. There have been guys in this state that could help build this basketball program that have not stayed home to play for South Carolina. And, Colin, in my opinion, if you lose guys to Duke, if you lose guys to North Carolina, 
so be it. I'm not saying you don't fight those battles, but if you lose those battles, there are a lot of kids that have grown up in this state dreaming to go to that state and put on a shade of blue. So I get it. I think for Lamont Paris, can you win the battles that South Carolina was losing to Tennessee? Can you win the battles South Carolina is losing to Alabama? Can you win the battles they're losing to Vanderbilt? You know, the, these, yeah, Ole Miss, the, the in-state guys that are not quite the Zion, GG even level of guys, but are that one rung down, your mid four stars that I'm watching start for other SEC schools. If you can start winning those battles, which I think a lot of that also is going to be putting the right staff together, then yes, it's a difficult job. Yes, um, it's a tougher conference than it once was. But you do have a built-in advantage of having access to players not very far from your campus. But can you start to win some of those battles? Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, that's where the staff comes into play. You need to probably, I don't know if he's going to, how many of his staff members, whether on on court or support staff he's going to be bringing with him from UTC. But um, if you're him, it would be smart to go get someone who has either a recruited the South state of South Carolina at a high level or has made inroads in the state of South Carolina or get someone with SEC experience in terms of recruiting, understands what it's like to recruit at a high major level against other high major schools. So that's where I think that that would be important uh, but there's talent in uh, Lamont Paris was on a radio show. Um, I guess it would have been Tuesday and said, Hey, listen, I've recruited at the state I'm in every, well everywhere I've been, whether that's Tennessee, whether that's in Wisconsin, whether that's uh, Ohio when he was at Akron, he's recruited well in each state. So um, that's where I was talking to about getting on, on the same page with some of these assistant coaches or not assistant coaches with um some of these former players who are now head, head coaches at high schools, Melvin Watson's one, Larry Davis is one uh, that who have some talent. And I think that it would be really important to do that and put together a staff because I, I do think they can win some of these battles in state against other high major schools that aren't necessarily Duke and North Carolina. You fight them, but it, it's tough to win when the blue bloods come calling sometimes. Um, but I think that there's a chance he can do that as he continues to lay a foundation, and that's why these next week, week and a half in terms of building a staff is going to be incredibly important. Yeah, there's a question on here. Could could he go hire B.J. Mackey's an assistant? I, I'm, I'm not going to speak at all for B.J. Mackey, but outside looking in, Probably it's, it, you, you can't it, – it's hard to foresee a guy being in the running for the head job, you know, and then there being support for him to get the head job. And he's at a place that, by all indications, he is happy as an assistant. I know he's loyal to Forbes there. I think they got a good thing going at Wake. Um, I I would be very I would be shocked if that happens. Me personally, I, I think you got to go a different direction, Colin. I I like the sentiment, but you got to you're probably going to have to go a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, even if from Lamont Paris's perspective, do you really want the guy who finished reportedly second? in the search on the bench with you. I mean, mm. every time you lose a game, you're going to have a subsection of the fan base saying, well, we need to get rid of this guy and just promote BJ Mack. I don't think that that's, that's the friction. I don't think that's the thing you want to have on Great staff. Um, 
BJ's obviously, I think he's had opportunities to come to South Carolina in the past and just been incredibly loyal to Forbes from an assistant perspective because Forbes gave him a shot. So I can't see it as we sit here on March 487th, as it feels like, but um, I, I just, I, I can't see it. Yeah, February's are short, but these marches uh, right now seem uh, seem kind of long. Uh, it felt like it's been 400 days. Yeah, so um, I think you're right, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what the name is. I don't know who it is in particular. But you're going to have to. And coaches, they always want to bring their guys too, right? So we'll see, as you said, which guys come over from uh, from Chattanooga and which guys. Um, you know, he'll kind of try to. You're always trying to to meld them together to mix it together. Yeah. Um, you know, do you do you go out and do you try to bring in a guy like Kerry Rich and put him in a, in a role uh, on staff? Yeah. Uh, shoot, man, do. Do you make a phone call to Gigi Jackson's coach, uh, Yerick Stallman? I mean, I, I know he's going to Oak Hill, but there we we've seen that in basketball before. And I, to be completely clear, I have no one has said that right at all to me. But I'm just spitballing. You you have an entire staff to put together here. You got to be very, um, better be very sharp, very smart, and resourceful about how you put this thing together. Um, but I mean, as we talk about the things that are on the to-do list in the next few weeks, obviously meeting with Gigi Jackson is going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. So um, what was that Kyle? Julian Phillips and Julian Phillips. So, you know, what, how, how much of an emphasis do you put on possibly being able to land those guys, even with your decisions you're making in other aspects of the program. But before we dive into that, Colin, and before we talk about, um, really before he's going to even probably know what his staff is going to look like. Um, probably even before he talks to Gigi Jackson, I would, I would be curious to see when that first phone call takes place, but first order of business probably is your own team, right? We've already seen Stevenson hit the portal. Um, God, he, he pieced on out in a, in a split second. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he didn't even, I guess, wait to to have the conversation. But let you know, there there is some young talent on this team, and they're they're going to have those decisions. Is this a fit for me? Do I fit in this scheme? Do I fit with this guy's personality? How does he see me fitting in? Um, there may be some guys Lamont Pierce looks at, and it's the other way. It's right. Hey, man, you know. You you have a spot here, but you may not be. A, I'm going to be honest with you. You may not be a fit for what I do. So the the roster management it's going to be hard to construct a roster without knowing who's coming back from your current roster. So is the, is that step one? What what is step one? Uh, is it that? Yeah, step one is figuring out what you have. Um, you obviously have some young talent you have some pieces to work with. I mean, you a team doesn't win 17 games against Division One competition and not have talent involved in it. So it's a matter of having open and honest conversations, whether that's Lamont Paris telling a player, hey, listen, you know, like you said, you can have, you're going to have a spot on the roster. We're not going to tell you to hit the portal or leave, but, you know, I don't know how much you're going to play given the fit. And it's not anything against you. It's just a matter of your skill set versus what I want to do. Um, so that's something that 
you have to talk about than is obviously players. So to know what you need in recruiting <laughs> and to know what you need on the, you know, from a recruiting aspect further down the road, um, you need to know who's staying, who's coming back and, and what your scholarship count looks like. And then you can go attack the portal. Then you can go attack. I think Gigi and Julian Phillips, if you're able to land them or takes regardless, but you need to know who do I need to target in on the recruiting trail? Who do I need to go after in the portal? What are some of the priorities there? And that starts with these honest conversations. He'll probably have one-on-one with players over the course of the next day or two. Yeah, man, certainly. And so I'm looking now back over the, the press conference, uh, the, or actually the announcement for not the press conference, but his hiring. And uh, you, you brought this point up earlier. They, they really did go deep as far as talking to some, some big name coaches and getting quotes on what they think of Lamont Paris. And, uh, you know, I, I think obviously Bo Ryan, former Wisconsin head coach, um, that this one stands out to me. I, I would imagine if you look at uh, just Paris's, uh, what would you say? Paris's climb in coaching, yeah. um, his stint at Wisconsin, a massive part of that. And um, I imagine Bo Ryan, a massive part of that as well. But Bo Ryan's quote, when I think about Lamont Paris, I think about the reasons I first hired him at Wisconsin. He stands for all the good things in college athletics. He's got an old school bedrock with creative and new school energy and ability. He paid his own way to play at a D3 school. Uh, he knew he was doing it for love of the game. and He translated that mindset to his coaching style as well. Um, read the full quote online. But um, Adam saying the Brad Stevens quote was great. Let me uh, – let me get that for y'all as well. You can read it on Gamecock Central. Yeah, you can see it on Gamecock Central um, right now. Um, from Brad, uh, let's see, where did it go? Do you, do you have it in front of you? It's loading as we talk. Um, I'm Oh, here it is. Quote, I'm really excited for Lamont. He's a great coach and person who will bring both tremendous experience and everyday positive energy to his new role at South Carolina. He is a hard worker, and he is really bright and genuinely cares about others. I can't wait to watch his team play. Yeah, so, I mean, but Colin, by all indications, um, he he does – he seems like a genuine dude. Like, you, you I've watched some of the press conferences. Um, I think he's kind of even kill um, as far as those things go. And, um, you know, I think he's probably – my initial reaction – is that he's going to be a guy that's able to connect with his guys and able to connect with people. Um, what what have you gathered on the style, uh, the style of play? Um, you know, to, to me, that's, that's something that's going to be a big factor. I'll, always in recruiting, it's going to be a factor in the excitement level. I, I think from what I've read so far, Colin, it seems like his offense is um, a little bit slow-paced. Mm-hmm. But also is uh, pretty efficient. Is that is that a fair characterization? And and how does that play into the net as well? But since we know that efficiency is a massive part of the net, uh, it plays in well. It's the good news for South Carolina fans is your net ranking will probably be better because the offensive efficiency numbers will be in large part better. So. Don't anticipate. I think South Carolina in the past has been a top 50, top 75 uh, tempo team. (laughs) 
I wouldn't necessarily anticipate that from Lamont Paris's teams at South Carolina. You never know, but um, they were 304th in adjusted tempo this year, but they were also top 70 in offensive efficiency. They were averaging 109 points per 100 possessions. So it's a really good offensive team. It's a solid defensive team. Um, even just in the SOCON, um, I'm looking at their numbers now. They were fourth in offensive efficiency, but the best defensive team in the Southern Conference this year. Um, they were really good in that regard. Um, when you have a guy like Malachi Smith, it really helps your perimeter defense. They were an elite three-point elite team in terms of holding their opponents to low shooting percentages and three-point defense. Didn't block a lot of shots, um, but it's a it was a good team. Uh, they didn't shoot the three very well, but um, they rebounded the ball at a pretty high level, uh, and they protected it. They protected the ball and rebounded the ball at a pretty high level on the offensive end. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think that this is – I mean, it's a lot of man-to-man concepts defensively, uh, very similar to – I mean, Frank Martin's teams are man-to-man concepts, more pack line, up the line style. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what that might look like with Paris other than man-to-man. Um, but it's an offense that tries to put a lot of shooters on the floor, a lot of guys who can make and take really good shots and make really good shots. So South Carolina has not necessarily had that consistently over the last you know, half decade, but this seems like more of an offensive hire, someone that can kind of make things a little bit better on that end of the floor than what it has been in the past. Yeah, um, so let's get, I guess, off the court a little bit style style as far as recruiting and stuff like that, roster management, it does seem like he went um, the last couple of years kind of all in on, on the portal. And and I I wouldn't, guys, read too much into that. Like, I, I think um, so, sometimes you do that just out of necessity. That's kind of where you're at. I'm sure recruiting the state of South Carolina uh, is going to be a huge part of what he wants to do long term. However, uh, this is 2022. The portal is always going to be a part of the conversation. He has sh- shown the ability to go into the portal and, and get guys. And we we all know there's there's kind of a win now mentality when you're a new coach um, uh, across the board. I would imagine, Colin, I, I know people have sort of looked back at the, the first couple of years at Chattanooga and pointed out, um, you know, th- that they took a step back and they were, as you said, they were one of the youngest teams in the country. I'm sure he wants to avoid that this time around his second, his second first year as a head coach now. And um, I-, I think par- part of the next piece of this is once you figure out what you're going to have on campus, who your current roster guys are that are co- going to come back, um, hitting the portal, like to, to me, high school, re- high school recruiting is about long time relationships and you're recruiting guys a year out, two years out. If they're an absolute, one of these young stars, you're talking about three years out. Right. Portal recruiting is about need. It's about, yeah, it's, it's about prior relationships. Um, you know, I, I, I look at a guy like Malachi Smith, who we've talked about now, he's been mentioned three or four times just on the show. I mean, Kid's a heck of a player by all indications. I can't see Paris being the guy that's going to be like, hey, follow me. But if Malachi Smith hits the portal on his own accord, 
then um, there's nothing stopping him from using that prior connection to uh, to, to go get him. And, and we we see when when there's that uh, I would say crossroad between a need at a place and a prior connection where there's some comfort level. Um, that generally gives you a pretty good chance in the portal to land guys. And that would also, in my opinion, Colin, be an excellent early jolt for him with the fan base if um, somehow Malachi Smith magically became a Gamecock. Yeah, 100%. And Lamont Paris, does, like you said, I don't think he's the kind of guy that's texting everybody being like, oh, you need to come, oh, you need to do this. He, he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. But if Malachi Smith says, hey, listen, coach, I want to come play for you at your next stop. You helped coach me to the point of being comp- SoCon player of the year, averaged over 20 points in league play. I want to come do that and see if I can do it at the highest level in the SEC. I think you'd be dumb not to, you know, if you're Lamont Paris and he says, hey, I want to come play at South Carolina. I think you, you let him come regardless. Um, so that would be a big jolt. And then you've seen it on the football side of things. I hate comparing things to football, but this is a, I mean, South Carolina fan base is incredibly football centric sometimes, but you saw, you saw with the Spencer Rattler stuff, people wanted to come high level transfers and high school players wanted to come and play with him. Uh, I think if you can land a high level transfer, um, that can help attract other high-level guys with him. Um, note from Lake Morris saying, former Gamecock Jalen McCrary has entered the portal after one year at USF, just passing along. Um, I, I feel like I haven't heard that name in a decade, but it wasn't really that long ago. A year ago, yeah. It, the last year has felt like a decade, if, if we're going to be completely <laughs> completely honest. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. Steve Ellis saying, what is wrong with it, even if he did that? I'm assuming referring to um, if Paris was was texting his own former players. That's just, to me, and I, I get it, sometimes sports are shady. Recruiting can definitely be shady. Um, you know, to an extent, all is fair. But um, that's, that's just not the way. You, if, if that coach was leaving your school, and it was reversed. You wouldn't want that, you know. Yeah, you'd be pretty ticked. Like yeah. that—that's not the way to carry yourself. Um, so I—I I think there's a very different thing between if Malachi Smith is like, "Hey, coach, I'm you know I'm enter, I'm entering the portal. I'd like to follow you," versus recruiting all your former players to to your next place. Right. Um, I think when you look at the portal you can really utilize it to your advantage, not from that, but bringing in people who, because they're going to have to bring in portal guys. I don't think that's a secret given you're going to normally have attrition at the end of each season and you tack on to that, a coaching transition, you're anticipating some, some portal activity. So you saw not all portal players are created equal. Not all programs are created equal and bringing people in from winning programs, I think would really help in that regard. Chattanooga being one of them over the last three years. Um, so you saw it with Texas tech. Uh, Mark you know, Wells came in and he brought in players who were at winning pro good players on winning teams. And 
they're in the Sweet 16 right now and are a three seed. Uh, you saw Chris Beard bring in really, really talented players, but not necessarily from winning programs. And they made the tournament because they were really talented, um, but they had a very up and down year um, and lost to Texas Tech twice and obviously got bounced in the second round. So um, we'll be interested to see what his approach is in that regard. If he values talent, um, like just elite level talent, or does he value the program you're coming from and the, the background you have before entering the portal? Yeah. And, and we'll see what a lot of times there will be guys that maybe you recruited when he was at Chattanooga yeah. and maybe you finished second, maybe, maybe they got that better offer, but they really, really liked you and your staff, but there's like, I, I, I kind of want to go to this bigger school, but it didn't quite work out. I just I feel like the the prior relationships always end up being a factor in portal recruiting. So we'll yeah. see. We we don't know who those guys are right now, but I'm sure there are some guys out there who are maybe saying, um, "Hey, there's a chance to go play SEC ball now with a coach that I I really really like." Um, all right, let's start to wrap this thing up here, Colin. Again, when you're hearing this, the press conference may have already happened, but um, let, let's assume for the people that are watching live. Um, what, what do you think Lamont Paris put, put on your, you know, get into your crystal ball? Yeah. What does Lamont Paris tell us in about two hours and 15 minutes or, or what is his order of business to win the press conference? Um, keep it short and sweet, get in a car and drive to Ridgeview. <laughs> um, that's a joke, but you're, you need to talk about your style of play. Say, listen, we're going to go out there and do the coaching cliches. We're going to play hard. We're going to give it our effort. Um, and I think he really needs to lay out a program to bring more talent into the program. Um, he needs to go out there and say, listen, we're going to attack high school recruiting, but portal recruiting is going to be a really big deal. Um, these are what we're. This, these are the qualities we're looking for in a player to play our style. Um, this is kind of our plan in terms of building a staff and the culture we're trying to bring because culture is so important in basketball and I mean, across college athletics. So I think you need to hear those things. And I think you need to hear someone who's calm and confident and has thought through these remarks. And I think Lamont Paris is going to be that. I'm not saying he's not, but I think you need to, he needs to come across well-prepared and I think he will. Um, and I think that he needs to really lay out a plan for here's what we're looking for in a player. And hey, here's here's all of the things that we're going to do from a recruiting standpoint to get the players into the program, whether that's through the portal or whether that's through high school recruiting. Yeah, the generally the the winning the press conference thing, it, it only lasts so long, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it, it does it doesn't guarantee anything. Right. Darren Horn won the press conference. I distinctly remember all the talk about how impressive he was in the press conference. So long-term, winning the press conference don't mean nothing. But considering how we got to where we are right now, considering the negativity and backlash, again, not necessarily directed at Lamont Paris, but just – the general feel around the place right now for the last week. Um, A fan base that's upset about baseball right now too, frankly. So you have a lot of just things bubbling up. Um, 
it would help, at least for the short term, until there are some games to play. It would help to win the press conference. It, it would be it would be valuable, in my opinion. And I like your point, man. Again, I, I hate to keep bringing up football. I know we've done it multiple times now. If you go in Shane Beamer's office right now, there is a framed, um, there's a like three to four pieces, of, maybe more. There are pieces of paper on the wall framed, which is note after note after note that Beamer had of points he wanted to make in his opening press conference. Mm-hmm. Now, he knew them all like the back of his hand, so he didn't even actually use the notes uh, from what he says, but they were there if he needed it. They were prepared. So I, I think just sounding prepared, sounding excited to be here, sounding up for the challenge is a part of it. Some You ever watch a, a new coach press conference and it just sort of sounds like they're going through the motions or like, or like they don't know anything about the school they just arrived at. Like they say some, like they, they say the mascot kind of off or, you know, like it's, it's something that go, that doesn't really matter in the long term, but it goes over well with fans. If they're like, Oh man, this guy, this guy truly wants to be here. He looks prepared and he looks excited and he looks up to the challenge. If that's what people are saying after the press conference later on today, then it's been a good day one for Lamont Paris. And I know you said it jokingly, Colin. If Lamont Paris says – Go to Ridgeview High School, yeah. Yeah, if Lamont Paris says, I got to go see a big-time prospect at a local high school um, when I leave here, uh, that's probably a good sign too. Yeah, I mean, heck, Will Muschamp, I know everyone hates to talk about him sometimes in, in Gamecock land, literally walked, what, from his press conference – into a car and to Richland Northeast to go visit with TJ Brunson, then into a helicopter to go visit with Brian Edwards. That's the kind of thing you need to hear from him. Like, listen, I'm going to go recruit. Like I am going to go. My first stop is going to not be, I'm going to have the reception. I'm going to do the press conference thing. And 15 minutes after that ends, I'm in a car going to Ridgeview or I'm in a car going to visit with Julian Phillips. Um, that's, a, that's what I think is the next step. And if you see that, then boom, boom, boom. Um, I think you curry a lot of favor to the fan base. No doubt, man. Um, so somebody else made a point on the chat that I want to get to before we get out of here, and I'm, we hadn't got to this yet. But first, I do want to tell everybody about one of our newest sponsors. It is the Liberty Tax Team right here in the Columbia area. Overcome your tax ID, 803-462-5576. Shout out to Larry um, and his tax team, for being our our brand new, I guess they're still brand new. They've they've been around for a couple of weeks. Um, sponsor right here on GC Live, and uh, where's the address, y'all? There it is, um, Irmo, Lexington, and in Columbia. Uh, that is eleven twenty three South Lake Drive in Lexington, seven four six seven St Andrews Road in Irmo, and then five fifty one St Andrews Road in Columbia. They have virtual income tax prep with local tax professionals or in person in their office, 803-462-5576. Colin, an excellent point made by one of our chatters here. And let's see, where are you at? Brian. Brian says, hopefully the athletic department does a better job of promoting and marketing men's basketball. Um, Okay, so you make a new hire, you make a change, you say you're moving on from Frank, that's that. Uh, you're you're ripping off the band-aid, you're gonna go get a new guy. 
I think that's an excellent point from Brian. You also have to put your money where your mouth is in terms of making sure that the marketing support for him, for Lamont Paris, is at a greater level than it was for Frank Martin after the Final Four. Like, I, I feel like that I'm, – I'm not a negative person, y'all. I'm a very positive person. I generally see all sides of things, and I and I give people the benefit of the doubt. But I do think having a greater men's basketball marketing presence um, is it, key for this thing being successful. It's not all about the head coach. It's really not. You might say, well, the head coach's job is to win games, and uh, ultimately it stops at their doorstep. True, but as an as an organization, as an administration, as a school, you got to do everything you can to help give him the, the the processes he needs to be able to be successful. Yeah, your thoughts, Alan? No, one hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, I think that you can uh, you you need to market the the program better. Uh, the head coach can help with that. You've seen that with Don Staley. You've seen that with, you know, Shane Beamer. But at the end of the day, the coach's job is to recruit and the coach's job is to go out there and, and run his program. And uh, to have the money invested into the program the way it needs to be invested in the program and the money invested into the marketing side of it, I think is an important step that needs to be taken to South Carolina to really elevate the mid-basketball program from – where, where it has been under Frank over the last half decade, um, where they've been a good but not great SEC team, uh, for the most part winning 9 to 10 to 11 games, uh, and just being on the outside looking into the tournament to taking the next step. Money doesn't solve all of your problems, but it helps kind of not cover some of it up, but it helps you be able to find ways around them. I think the more money you can put into the program, I think South Carolina over the last three years is like average spending is ninth or 10th in the SEC. And, and if you want to truly take the next step as, as a program, investment in it needs to to be one of the primary things that you do. Um, and it has nothing to do with coaching. It has nothing to do with players. But the investment in the program can, can certainly be better and, and should be better as you move forward. Yeah, and, you know, I think they've tried to make some steps to give credits where credit where it's due. They hired someone to basically be their um, – I guess for lack of a better way to say it, they're Justin King for, for men's basketball, you know, on that side of things, there's been progress. Don't get me wrong. Not saying there hadn't, but I think um, Frank Martin's Frank Martin's like strength was not the marketing side of things. His was more, I'm going to coach basketball and I'm going to build great young men off the court. So I I think it is your job um, as an administration to find to, to accentuate the positives of, of your coach, but also to help fill in the gaps. There's no perfect coach, right? There's no perfect right. person. So if my coach does this well, but he doesn't do this aspect well, let me try to build him up and fill in the gaps as an administration and put that money towards, um, think, you know, let, let people see the teddy bear side of Frank Martin as opposed right. to just seeing the guy flipping his you-know-what on, uh, you know, on the sideline. Like I always thought that there was kind of a disconnect there. And um, hopefully for Lamont Paris's sake and for the Gamecock fans sake, um, that's something that's going to continue to get better uh, with a new coach in town. Uh, Colin, great stuff as always, man. Uh, I'm, I know you'll be at the press conference a little bit later on. Um, 
Are you going to baseball tonight too, or are we putting that on uh, on the that's intern? A, that's a Michael Saul special tonight and tomorrow. Michael Saul. Okay. okay. Good. Good. Um, what uh, what what else can we look forward to on GamecockCentral.com, man? Uh, we're gonna do some more stuff. Hopefully, catch up with some recruits. Um, see how his meeting with the players went. So, a lot of stuff from behind the scenes. Hopefully, as we get into this and trying to figure out what next steps are from a staff perspective and from um, a portal slash recruiting perspective. Uh, so with that, and then obviously baseball going on as well. So never stops and the the content machine keeps churning on. No doubt. Colin, great stuff as always, man. Uh, don't work too hard and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yep. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.